Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh. Serve fast. Serve friendly. Lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. In our final part on our series on past Kentucky football coaches, we pick it up with Rich Brooks. It took a couple of years, but he made Kentucky football successful and fun. Oscar and I discussed the issue of having a coach in waiting with Joker Phillips, and we'll bring you up to date with Coach Mark Stoops. We'll do a little pregame chat about the Kentucky-Georgia game, and then it's report card time as Oscar hands out the grades on the Kentucky football coaches. And I'll share with you the time Rich Brooks gave me dating advice. It's all here in what we call a podcast as we look back on 50 years of Wildcat memories with Oscar Combs. I'm Bo Robertson, and I thank you for joining us. So let's start with the rumor mill and one name that was circulating before Kentucky settled on, Rich Brooks. Well, you know, there was a lot of rumors out there. Norm Chow was one. Uh, there were a couple of other people's names that floated around there. Supposedly they even met with a couple of them. Uh, I think that uh, when it all got down... The problem was is they were just going into the teeth of probation. And a number of people they really wanted to consider just said, hey, you're on three years probation, you know. And you knew by looking at the roster, you had uh, Lorenzen coming back. You had four or five other stars, but they were all going to be seniors. I think uh, Robertson was here at that time, uh, who was drafted, what was it, second or third pick in the NFL draft? By the Jets. Dwayne. Yes. And so you knew the first year was going to be competitive, but then the next two or three were going to be really, really difficult. Thin roster, scholarship reductions. Yes. Plus playing in the SEC. Yes. The deck is stacked up against you if you're coming to Kentucky. Yes. And yes. this is Rich Brooks's, I mean, this is Mitch Barnhart's first tire. The big question is with these coaching hires, who bought a farm off for Sales Road? <laughs> Yeah, and I'd like to find a realtor who collected the six percent on that. <laughs> but what happened with uh, with Mitch is he was trying to lean on experts far and wide as who would be a good fit. Who can we, do we take a change with a coordinator or a young up and coming guy at a lower level? Kentucky tried most of them, and so at one point he picks up the phone and calls an old friend of his, Rich Brooks who he knew from his days at Oregon State when Rich was at Oregon. And Rich had done the ultimate rebuilding job at Oregon, took him 20 years to do it, finally went to a Rose Bowl, then turned that into a short stint with uh, the old St. Louis Cardinals and uh, had eventually went to Atlanta Falcons, uh, one of the years that they had the long run toward the Super Bowl, and then he went back into retirement. I think he'd been in retirement for maybe a couple of years. And Rich was reached out by Mitch saying, hey, can you help us? Can you suggest somebody? And finally, at some point in time, he's saying, hey, Mitch, if you can't get anybody else, you know, you can always call me. He was pretty eager. Yeah, I, I don't think he was eager the first conversation. Mm-hmm. 
But when he, once he hung up the phone and he got to thinking about it, I've got some good years left in me. And looking back, hindsight being 2020, he came here and stayed from uh, 2003 to 2010, late 09. And if you follow him on Twitter today, you realize since 2010, there's not many spots on the globe that he hadn't visited either fishing or whatever. And growing those tomato plants, too. Tomato plants and hitting the golf peel. Let me ask you this. Rich Brooks hired. Was it the most popular choice with the fan base or the media? You obviously know the answer to that. But I want no everybody else and to know no. the answer. No and no. And the amazing thing was uh, some of the media, particularly some of the local media, they came up with terms like, the Oregon boys, being Mitch from Oregon State and Rich from Oregon. And then it later got, after a couple, three years, and it really got bad, it was Ditch, Mitch, and... Ditch, Mitch, and Rich. Yes. I know the story behind that, by the way. Oh. I'll tell you off air. See, now there you go, cheating our listeners, (laughs) cheating our listeners. But he came in, uh, you remember the game of all games, maybe perhaps the classic game of all time as far as length. That very first year with Jerry Lorenzen, and I'll tell you what, I will be willing to bet you that he set a record that night for a loss of weight in a football game. Well, there was a few records set in that game. One was the longest broadcast I'd ever produced in my life, seven overtimes. And I will tell you, I, I knew they were going to lose that game. You know why? Because I've done this long enough. I was in a wreck that day earlier getting to the station. And when something bad happens to me, I know something bad's going to happen to Kentucky. <laughs> and sure enough, that first overtime hit, second overtime, and then I just didn't have a good feeling about that. Well, you know, uh, a couple times they got into the lead in a couple of those overtimes. And even once when you had to go for two at the end of it, and it looked like they had it, but Lorenzen played his heart out. And there was a, a guy, I believe his name was Matt Jones, that was a receiver for Arkansas that year that had a heck of a game, too. But uh, that thing went on, if you remember, it was raining a little bit, and it started getting foggy. You could hardly see. Uh, the good and the bad of that is if people quickly forgot they were on probation during that game, and that gave them a little up. But the bad part was you knew as that season wound down that you, you were losing so many key players as seniors, and then you were going to face the real teeth of probation for the next three years, which was four, five, and six. And then, of course, the 2006 turnaround we'll talk about. Well, the 2006 turnaround, it started with LSU. LSU beating Kentucky 49 to nothing in Baton Rouge. And then after that, Rich gets things turned around a little bit. Well, I remember doing the pregame on that, and I looked at the schedule the first half, the last half, and I said, you know what? Man, they've, they've had a murder first half, but – if they can, they're not going to win this game, but if they can come out of it healthy, no key injury, they got to run here to second half. And, of course, the real, real big victory right after that, they I think they first beat Mississippi State, then they upset Georgia. And they go right down the line. They almost blow everything that they've gained when they played, uh, I think it was uh, Louisiana something. And they end up winning 42-40. to 40. They Almost blew that. And then they came back and beat – uh, Vanderbilt lost 17-12 to 12 to Tennessee, but that had them over the hump into the bowl. And when they upset Georgia, that was at Georgia. That is correct. And then it was 07, Rich Brooks, to kind of use a wrestling term here, if you will, 
Rich Brooks gets over with the fan base. Yeah, and, and you couldn't do it any better than what they did because you looked at schedule, and, of course, the key since 94 has been do you beat Louisville, whether it's first, last, or whatever. And they beat Louisville early, and it was a junior college transfer that got open for the winning TD, Stevie Johnson. Stevie Johnson. Stevie got loose. Stevie got loose. And their, their people at another schools will never forgive him their defender for getting beat on that play. He just got lost. They win that game, and then all of a sudden, things are beginning to click. And then LSU comes down, and, and I'm sure LSU was looking beyond Kentucky. Number one LSU. Number one LSU. And they hung around, they hung around, they hung around. They ain't got in the fourth quarter. You would never convince me. I have to go back and look at it to this day to think they actually won the game with a defensive stop, not an offensive play. I think it was like fourth and two. And I went back home and immediately watched the replay that night. And when when they had they had the last play and they went for it, the announcers were dumbfounded. They just couldn't believe that LSU could not make fourth and two. And it's like, uh, they didn't make it. Uh, <laughs> Kentucky wins. And then all of a sudden, ESPN Game Day wants to come to Kentucky for Florida. For Florida. Yes. I always like to describe that time period. It looked like Big Blue Woodstock with everybody's yes. tailgating tents set up. You know, you know, I, I look back on that in hindsight. And, of course, you know, 2006, that's Rich Brooks' what, fourth year here? And it's time he starts saying, okay, folks, I've shown even the old man can get it turned around. What are you going to do to help us? He started pleading to renovate Commonwealth Stadium. Had they done that? Who knows where we'd be today? And he'd also made a push for a practice facility. Yes. Uh, to, to me, he went in 07, 08, 09. By the end of 09, actually by the end of 08, I, th- I think he felt like, you know what, they may do it, but they ain't going to do it for the old man. And I think that's when he started thinking retirement again. They'd made Joker coaching waiting before the – I think it's actually before the 08 season. And we'll get to that. Yes. Going back to that Florida game, they had a shot. Florida ended up beating Kentucky 45-37. to 37, Who was but, the quarterback that year? Uh, let's see. I see him on TV all the time. Yeah. Um, didn't he? Oh, anyway. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. Timmy something. Timmy Tebow. Timmy Tebow. Yeah, yeah. 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 And that's who it was. Um, the golden child of the SEC. Yes. Still is in a lot of homes in Florida. Rightfully so. Kentucky starts getting to these bowl games now. Rich Brooks has started to change the culture of Kentucky football, the mentality of the fan base, and what a fun run it was. It, it was, but what happened after the first couple bowls, then the Kentucky fans, as so well noted in both football and baseball, they get a little greedy. All we want to do is go 6-6 six and six and go to a bowl. Suddenly you them, you want to go – Maybe seven, five, or eight and four, and 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 I think Brooks looked at it and he was saying, "Hey, you said you were going to do this and do that, but it's not getting done." And I'm out here fighting a forest fire with a water hose. Give me some help. And at that time, it was very difficult uh, for athletics to get any help from the university in improving the stadium and the other facilities. And I think. You know, when it got up to eight and then 09 and he had the bowls. And by then the last year, uh, 09, the bowl crowd wasn't hardly as big as before. But it's like, what have you done for me today with fans everywhere? Kentucky, no exception. 
I think if they'd went ahead and done some work on the stadium and just showed some things publicly, we're spending some dollars on this. I think Rich may have hung around a little bit longer. And I, I don't know this for a fact, but my feeling is at the end of the 2009 stadium, a season, I think he may have went in and said, hey, you know, if you're going to do this, I think I'll just go back home and retire and go play golf, fish a little, raise some tomatoes. And when they said, okay, then I think that was it. He didn't turn around. The best time I've ever had as a Kentucky football fan was with Rich Brooks because that's when I started going to the bowl games. Never had an opportunity to go to bowl games until Rich Brooks came along. The coldest I'd ever been was his last game against Clemson in the yeah. Music City Bowl. And yeah. I think it got down to 20 degrees yeah. that night, in which that was his last game. I'd read a quote from Jim Host, which that's going to be a great podcast coming up on Conversations with Oscar Combs. Jim Host had said, Rich Brooks, dead honest, best I've ever seen in my 50-plus years in dealing with collegiate coaches. And always respected that about Rich Brooks. Yes. He was very, very professional. People who knew Jerry Claiborne thought he was the second coming of Jerry Claiborne. Uh, those two guys were so much alike, it's eerily uh, scary. Uh, straightforward, no BS, doing things the old school way, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. If you don't play hard this play, you're not going to play the next play. I loved his honesty, and I loved his dry sense of humor Yes, as well. Uh, some of the conversations him and I had before, I, before we would go on the air for the coaches show were just epic. I'll tell you one here. He came in um, – going into that first game in the weekend. I can't remember what year it was. And for some reason, which I thought this was impressive on his part, I'm just a lonely old little board operator, producer. He doesn't need to remember anything I tell him. He says to me, Bo, in that dead dry pan voice, Bo, you still dating that girl up in Indiana? I said, no, coach, it's over with. She told me to choose between UK athletics and her. Well, damn, Bo. I think you made the right choice. <laughs> so I, I always liked Rich Brooks. I really did. Let's go to Joker, coach in waiting. Were you a fan of that choice? Well, I, I was naming not naming somebody a coach in waiting. I, I've never been a fan of coach in waiting. Uh, I think it puts too much pressure on the current coach, even though that basically was offered up by Rich. He's the one that proposed it, but it puts too much pressure. Uh, I think, if it's done like two months in front, okay, I can take that. But when it's done in the point of whenever our coach retires, he will be the next. Is that going to be one year or four years or what? And you don't know what happens in between. That's happened at several different schools around the country that didn't work out. couple that it did. Um, Joker's one of my favorite people. I knew him early on when he was playing here in the early 80s under Jerry Claiborne. Knew him when he come back as assistant here. Great recruiter. I'm not so sure what happened to recruiting the last year that Brooks was here because when he was made coach in waiting, they changed recruiting coordinators and and started doing some things differently. But it was painfully obvious that even from the get-go of Joker's first year, the talent level wasn't what it was in six and seven. You know, he, he might have he might have been let go in 2011 had he not upset Tennessee. There was no way after all that long string of losses – that you could fire coach if he upset Tennessee without a quarterback. And Kentucky didn't even have a quarterback that day. I was going to say he had enough talent to, one, beat Spurrier yes. a couple of times and beat Tennessee yeah. with Matt Rourke in 2011. Yeah, but you knew by early 12 that that was going to end. Mm -hmm. And sadly, it, it didn't end the way we would like for a Kentucky kid who come here uh, and 
then it was on to look for another new coach. Let me ask you, between Joker and Stoops, and I always like to, I always like to know who some of the figures were in these coaching searches. Any names that pop out between Stoops no, and Joker? No, I think there's one thing that's been consistent since Mitch Barnhart's been here. He runs that show close to the vest. I don't think he really relies on any, any outside help. And as we'll find out on Jim Host, he'll speak to that a little bit. Right. Uh, I think I think he was intent. There's a lot of public pressure to hire a can't miss guy. You can't necessarily be that if you're the AD at a at a basketball school trying to hire football. So do we hire a proven head coach on the way down? If you could get another Rich Brooks, would you take him? Probably so. But you'd like it the young guy who comes in and hits a proverbial grand slam home run. Or do you get a coordinator? And I think because – I think the Mark Stoots family name was a tipping point in hiring him. Now, let's be honest. I mean, Butch Jones was offered the job and pretty much was going to take it until Tennessee came in. Today, that looks like Kentucky dodged a bad bullet <laughs> if you look at Tennessee. Yeah, they've had some issues this week. Yes. So, if you look at Stoops coming in, he brought a lot of enthusiasm – uh, brought a lot of credibility through his brother's program in Oklahoma. He had great connections in Ohio, and that sold UK on it. Now, you come into the first year, you're 2 and 10, and boy, you look like, and you're starting to take the heat because some of the media perceived you struck out and hired a coach. Then you come back to the next year, and all of a sudden, you were 5 and 2. And so already, Miami that's got an opening, they're talking about maybe coming after. The young guy up at Kentucky, Mark Stoops, because he was D.C. at Florida State, one of the well, rivals. And then was it last year the rumor about Michigan? Well, I don't know about last year. Or the year but before. Year before, the year but before, but five and two, five and two, Mitch takes a change and gives him an extension in the middle of the season. And the buyout that came back to cause him a little headaches last year and early this year. But at five and two, if he wins another game or two games that year, and then at the end of the year, Miami comes calling. Mark and his people are going to look, well, you could have tied me up at 5-2. and two. I'm out of here. So he had to roll the dice. He rolled the dice by giving him the extension, the heavy buyout, which personally uh, I, I still don't understand why he gave him the heavy buyout this year. Uh, so he did it. They end up losing their last four or five. Uh, this year they come up. So he's two and five. He's two and ten. He's five and seven. And then he's five and seven again last year. Each of the last two years, he beats Louisville. He's in a bowl, but he doesn't. So this year, everything's on the line. And when you start out the season, most everybody alive, including my two frogs, if you lose <laughs> Southern Miss, it's over. Well, we found out no matter what happens the rest of the day, the season wasn't over when they lost to Southern Miss. And then it came up, like you said, to the LSU game. Now you've won five out of your last six. Uh, you're, you're a two-and-a-half-point underdog tonight to Georgia at home, which if they win, it's not a huge upset. And you've got four games to go, including tonight, that anything can happen. So now it looks like, oh, well, maybe we didn't make such a bad deal two years ago. Are you a fan of contract extensions when it's a mediocre job? If if this uh, the year that they gave Mitch the extension with the raise and the buyout, 
if that had been his fifth or sixth year, I wouldn't have been near as eager to do it. But here's a guy, it's his second year. He won two games his first year, two and ten. You know, he played seven games and he was five and two. You you almost got to believe he's going to win it, at the very least one more. And if he wins two more, he's gone from two and ten to seven and five. He's going to be a hot property when you've got 15 to 18 jobs opening every year. How would you face the fans? How would the fans be if at the end of the year they finish up 7-5, which wouldn't have been a stretch, and a couple of schools come after him, and he leaves, and then a couple of weeks later he say, you know, I really love Kentucky. I'd like to been there, but, you know, they had a chance to lock me down when I was 5-2, and two, and when they didn't, I just didn't feel like they were, were believing in me. So it was best for me and my family to move on. Then the fans and media would have ripped Barnhart like you wouldn't believe. But that's why you get paid the big bucks that Mitch Barnhart gets paid. you got to make that decision. The recruiting is picked up under stoops. You had the stadium renovation. You had the practice facility now, which is absolutely amazing. Is the word I'm looking for stability with stoops? Well, uh, I think we got to play this season out. I mean, you know, I don't think there's any way that they will lose to Austin P. But Lightning has struck before in the same place. But I think short of not winning another game, I think you've definitely got stability going into next season. Now, if Kentucky were to get beat by, say, Georgia and Tennessee, were to get annihilated by Georgia and Tennessee and Louisville at 6-6, six and six, it still might be a little bit unstable. But if they're – in these last four games and wins at least one, I think you got stability. But if they do finish six and seven, either seven and six or six and seven with a bowl game, uh, there's still going to be the thing there. How far are you willing to go? Because at the end of the season, he has three years left on his contract. You can't send a coach into a season without four years unless you are going to let him go. A coach got to have four years to tell those recruits, I'm going to be your coach. So it, now, if it's seven and five or better, it's a no-brainer. Six and six, I think he stays. I think he gets some kind of an extension, but that extension could be a really hot, debatable topic as to what goes into that extension. Do they just say, "Okay, we're going to give you a raise, not extend the contract," or do they say we extend the contract and give a little raise? If he's seven and five and they do not extend the contract, don't think Mark Stoops will be a happy camper. As of right now, going into tonight's game with Georgia, what letter grade would you give Mark Stoops? Oh, right now, uh, on this particular season, I'd probably give him a B- minus over the four years. I might be a little bit uh, too optimistic, maybe a C+. Plus. Uh, this particular year right now, I think it's a, a solid B, inching up. You know, I mean, what he's done this year has been pretty phenomenal. SEC East is down. Not arguing that point all. But to do what he's done, got to remember now, people forgetting this, they've got a tremendous running game with Boom Williams, Benny Snell, Snell, JoJo Kemp, who's not got to play here lately. But they've been playing with a backup quarterback since early in the season. I don't think anybody dreamed that they would be at this point in the season five and three if they knew that Barker was not going to be on the field. Somebody told me the other day, well, look at the combined record of their opponents they've played, and you can see how the conference is down. I said, I don't care. I don't care. Look, what, right. we, look what we've had to go through yeah. to get where and, we are right now, second place and, in the East. And, and, you know, when you look at that, I mean, they beat back to back to back three years in a row, I believe, South Carolina 
Isn't that right? Mm-hmm. And who did South Carolina play last week and what happened? Uh, let's see, that team down south, 75. Yeah, that rocky top that oh. spun off its oh. bottom. So, you know, when people say, well, they only beat South Carolina, well, South Carolina beat Tennessee. So, yes, I, I, I think right now, if they could pull off the win tonight against Georgia, I think that a lot of people say, I, I'm a little bit surprised that going into yesterday, uh, since we're taping this tonight, Friday night, Thursday, there were 5,000 unsold seats at there. That disappointed. I know prices are high, you know, and things, but so often we hear the excuse of, well, the product on the field is not matching the dollar mark. You can't say that about this team the last six, seven games. And we're not talking about filling 100,000 seats. Gosh, we're not even talking about filling the original 67,000. We're down to 61,000. Now, a lot of people can't afford that. I, I understand that. Probably most people in Kentucky can't afford it. But if you don't have enough people to put 61,000 seats, uh, fannies, in, a, in, a, in the stands in an SEC game, forget about competing with the SEC. That's my only statement. Well, on that, we gave Mark Stoops a letter grade. I, I want to pick your brain on letter grades for the past coaches at Kentucky, starting with Bear Bryant. Well, first of all, I'm going to say this. I'm going to be positive. Uh, I will not give anybody a flunking grade. There's some who deserve it. I can't do that. You're a good man. I'm a good man. You are a good man. But I'm going to give you a grade of what I thought they would have graded out coming in the day they were hired, and then a grade as to how I think they exited. Burbrandt, we'll start with him. I think he probably had about a B-plus coming in. He had one season under his belt as a head coach at Maryland. And uh, he had a winning record at Maryland. I forget exactly what it was. I think it was something like 6-4-1 and one or something like that. you got to give him a A going out. I mean, what he did here in the late 40s and early 50s, four bowl games, only two coaches, including him, back to that time, have gone to four bowl games. He went to four. Rich Brooks went to four. You can't compare the two because when Bear Bryant had his four, there were only five or six. And there were like 30 when Rich got his. We go to Blanton Collier. Had the unfortunate situation of following Bear Bryant. Tremendous coach. He did one thing that Bear only did one time in his whole stay here. Bear never beat Tennessee until his last game. Well, I think Collier beat him either five or six times. He couldn't get the other wins. He had five winning seasons at Kentucky, two losing seasons, one 500 season. To prove how good he was, he later went and won the only championship in the history of the Cleveland Browns. The only one. And the only one that happened in my lifetime. It's got to count for something, right? Yes. So I give I give Collier a B minus. When you go back and look at the record, if you just compare him and Bryant, you might give him a C minus or something. But when you go through the whole list, B plus. Charlie Bradshaw, B minus. He came here as an assistant. One-time assistant, another Bear Bryant. Had the famous Thin 30. Mm-hmm. A lot going on during the era that we've talked about previously. A lot of extracurricular. Yes. And when he left, there wasn't much left of that program. I'd give him a D-. minus. Like I said, I won't give anybody an F. If you talk to a lot of players that played for him in that era, they have a very, very negative recall of their time at UK, and that is sad. John Ray. John Ray came in, had a new stadium, 
or was going to get a new stadium. They promised him a new stadium when they hired him. By his fourth year, um, they had the stadium pretty much underway and almost complete. He had a five-year contract, was going to come back to fifth. He wanted two more to prove himself. He came in here from Notre Dame. I would rank his entry here as a solid A. Best program in the country, top defense program country. He left without a winning record. I give him a D on the way out. Fran Kersey came in from Miami, Florida. Young, charismatic guy, under 40, one of the youngest head coaches in the country. Came here at Two tremendous seasons in 76 and 77, we've talked about before. Had some guys get in trouble off the field. Uh, had a run-in with uh, uh, John Y. Brown before he was governor. And exited, I still gave him a C-plus just on that 76, 77 team. They wanted to clean up the program once again. They reached for one of their own, Jerry Claiborne, who had a tremendous record at both Virginia Tech and Maryland, won tons of bowl games, but they weren't in the SEC. He came here and did as good a job as anybody could do. Uh, went to two bowls in his second and third years, got very close. They started playing 11 games with him, so you six and five would get you in, but he had some five, six years. Finally, just said, you know, I don't know if I can do it. He left retired, got to, still got to give him a B minus. I mean, he was a solid guy, never had any trouble off the field. Class act. Now they want to turn it up. He leaves, see him, Newton's here. They go and hire a guy by the name of Bill Curry, who is, has one loss in the season, playing in a major bowl game. Might have actually ended up winning the title had they won it because the number one team had lost in another bowl. Um, so he came here with an A rating in my book. And by the time that he was trying to put a, a square in a round peg that didn't work, Elliot Uslek, I'm looking at you, with Tim Couch. By the time he exited, most likable guy around, a good Christian guy, loving the days of human being, the D's the best I can give him. And then we, we go to How Mummy. And how Mummy comes in with the ability of, hey, let's go here in the dirt so we can draw up our next play. And he had Tim Couch just slinging it all over the field. If it was fourth and eight from their own 32, they didn't put it. They kicked it. Uh, took him to a couple bows. Got in trouble with the NCAA. I gave him a C-. minus. Uh, filling in for him as he left, interim coach, ended up two years, Guy Morse. I give him a C, maybe a low B going into that because he was actually coming from the staff. Had a losing year the first year. The second year he had a 7-5 year. Had a lot of things happen positive. Then he had that miracle of what they call it, uh, LSU, where they came back and won on the last play. I don't call it a miracle. LSU does. I, and call, so, I call it the water cooler incident. Yes. So anyway, uh, when, he, when he leaves, he leaves for more money uh, at Baylor. There's a lot of debate on whether he wanted to stay here or didn't and where UK wanted him to stay or didn't. But because of that, I, I have to give him a B on what he did. Rich Brooks comes in. He's grandpa coming back to the farm. You know, he's going to teach us young people all the tricks of the old. And guess what? They still worked. Mm -hmm. uh, he probably came in with a C just because of his age and that he was in retirement. 
He left with a high B plus. Joker comes in with a low B, three years. I'd love to give him a higher grade just based on beating Tennessee, but you have to give him a D. Mark Stoop comes in, I think, with a B minus as defensive coordinator, Florida State. The final mark is yet to be determined. But I would say today, I would give him, today itself, I would give him probably a B minus. Let's try to push that to an A later on tonight. I'm with you. Oscar, I'll see you over at Commonwealth Stadium. We'll be there.